The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Podcast sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link, joined as always on this Wednesday by Rotowire lead prospect writer James Anderson. Uh, James, we'll get into a number of topics, but uh, it's a kind of a you know here in Wisconsin, everybody seems a bit down today, and uh, it's after Christian Yelich went down with the season-ending broken kneecap. Uh, how are you feeling about that as a Brewers fan? It's really brutal. I was watching the game, and you could kind of tell uh, just the fact that he had his head in his knees, you know, and was just clearly really upset that it was going to be a, a pretty serious injury. And, um, you know, I think he was the favorite to win the MVP. That's out the window now. I think that, you know, the Brewers could still sneak into the playoffs. It's only, you know, 20 days or whatever. I think that he obviously would have help their chances if they got into the playoffs it doesn't necessarily mean they won't make the playoffs but it's obviously kind of the end of their uh, hopes of contending for anything so uh really big bummer i just feel really bad for christian yelich because he's 
you know, obviously worked really, really hard to, to get to this point and uh, was, you know, the entire team seemed pretty shooken up about it after the game. I think everyone likes him uh, as a guy in that clubhouse too. So uh, really, really sad, but uh, it's sports, man. I mean, that happens. You know, the, the Cubs are without their best player right now too. So um, just hope that he can bounce back and, and be the same guy in 2020. Yeah, I was going to say the Cubs lost this player of you know similar caliber and Javier Baez, they have a guy in the system they could call up. The Brewers don't really have that. I guess they brought up with Tyrone Taylor over the weekend, but not a guy they can lean on as a as a regular, really. Well, Trent Grisham. Well, Trent Grisham, but he was already playing close to every day anyway, wasn't he? I mean, like, he's, it's, it's a similar situation because it's, like, one of their top prospects, and he's stepping in I into, see, like, an everyday role. And, but I he mean, didn't it, just get the call. Yeah, they would be in a much worse shape if they did not have Trent Grisham because then it would be kind of Ben Gamble every day uh, or, like, a Gamble-Thames combo out there. So, I mean, I think, you know, they're they're in an okay spot to sort of tread water, uh, but it's just you're, you're losing by far your best player. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer, but, yeah, the Cubs – that was one of those rare, rare instances where we just see injuries force a team to start a guy's service clock. I mean, you you almost never see that. Maybe like once a year, once every couple of years, you'll see a top 100 prospect come up based on pure need and not necessarily readiness. Like I, I don't think the Cubs had any plans at all to, to bring Horner up uh, prior to the Baez and, and Russell injuries. But yeah, I mean, that's, it's a bummer about what happened to Baez. I mean, I don't really care about S and Russell, uh, but Nico Horner coming up. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. I was surprised. And that was one where it's just uh, that injury forced their hand with Horner. And now I don't know what Addison Russell's status is, but I, I wouldn't see a reason to, Sit Horner. I think no. we see what happens. See if he can catch lightning in a bottle and get to the postseason. He did have what three hits, four RBIs in his debut. Uh, good to see. What do you think of the skill set in general? Do you think the power will play up now that he's at the the big league level? Well, I mean, everyone's power is playing up right now. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if we are dealing with the same ball next year. But for the rest of this season, I mean, I think he could kind of. You know, maybe it's maybe it's eighteen to twenty homer power for a full season with the juiced ball for Nico Horner. So maybe he hits three home runs the rest of the way. Uh, but yeah, I mean the hit tool is is kind of the the big time tool in his toolbox. And he was flashing some leather in that debut too. He made some some nice plays at shortstop. Obviously not the same type of defender that Javi Baez is, but. Uh, there were some questions when we were in the, the AFL last year, just like, is this guy going to have to move to, to second base or something? Uh, everyone loved the bat, but there were some questions about the defense. I thought he looked pretty good defensively. So uh, just a, a good all-around player. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he struggles a little bit over the final two, two and a half weeks, but he's still probably a better overall player than Addison Russell at this point. And I mean, we saw we saw Gavin Lux get off to a slow start. Gavin Lux is a way better prospect than Nico Horner, so anything can happen in that regard. But uh, just cool to to see him up shallower leagues where, you know, maybe you're only keeping forty, fifty total prospects in the league. He might have been out there, and this gives you a chance to go scoop him up and just sort of see how he does over the rest of the season. I, I could definitely see if if he has a good final uh, fifteen games or so of the year, I could see him 
getting a chance to compete for a spot right out of spring training because they've already started his clock. So, I mean, he could be on the opening day roster next year. Yeah, and that window's closing for them, too. So, yeah, Horner, 399 slugging percentage, only three homers. But that was at double A, so he's not gotten this his hands really on this ball. Uh, so I do think the power will play up. Modest power, though, so even with a little boost there, yeah, not looking at a, a ton of pop in that bat. But, yeah, Horner uh, – Intriguing prospect. And Lux, you mentioned he got off to a slow start, but I saw he homered last night. Uh, that's great to see. And Horner, I did pick up in one head-to-head league, NL. Uh, I just had Margot rotting in the lineup. So uh, off to a good start. Yeah, I mean, Horner. he'll be uh, a hot commodity in our stake league uh Yep. When when Fab runs on that tomorrow, I mean, the, it, it did kind of seem like we were done seeing impact prospects come up. He's not necessarily an impact prospect, but uh, still a guy that in deeper leagues you want to go out and grab. Absolutely. Another guy, Kyle Lewis, he homered yesterday as well against my Reds. Uh, Trevor Bauer just cannot keep the ball in the park. But what are your thoughts on Kyle Lewis and maybe how he compares to Horner just as an option over these final few weeks? Well, he's already 24 years old. He's on the 40-man roster. Uh, this was a move that it didn't surprise me, but it's he's not a guy that is ready to be anything more than just you know power and nothing really else at the big league level. I think they just wanted to kind of get a look at him. Uh, you know, he's he's missed so much time with injuries, and I think those injuries you know, not only affected his development, but uh, he's been sort of pushed quicker through the minors maybe than his success at certain levels would typically dictate just because of his age and the fact that he is already on the 40-man roster uh big power but just I, I don't think the the hit tool is really all that close to being able to provide any value beyond just the homers and the rbis that come with those um you know someone that is interesting to, to keep an eye on but I think their outfield of the future is pretty clearly Jake Fraley, uh, Julio Rodriguez, and Jared Kalenic. So I think Kyle Lewis is, you know, this is an opportunity for him to maybe make some noise, but not a guy that I'm even really going to be in on in like our stake league. Interesting. And you mentioned Fraley. Looks like his season may be over. He struggled for the most part with the big league team. Um, you're still very much on him though long-term. Yeah. I mean, it, it it sucks for him that he didn't get off to a good start to his big league career, but I actually kind of selfishly am digging it because I think he's just going to be dirt cheap in drafts next year. I mean, the redraft crowd is always going to look at a guy's big league line and his big league line is going to look pretty bad, especially if he is done for the year. And so I think he, I think you could get him with your final pick of, of a lot of even 15 team league drafts next year. And, uh, there's speed there and that's that's huge you know looking at some of these early mock drafts i still don't think people are putting enough of an emphasis on getting speed early in drafts and he's a rare guy that you could get outside of the top 300 that could steal 20 bases next year so i i'm kind of excited that he could head into the offseason with this line at the big league level and and create a bit of a buying opportunity yeah it's amazing how how quickly the shine will come off a you know, and I'm guilty of it too. A guy gets the call and you're pumped, you're uh, chasing him in fab, and then some struggles and injury, and 
can fade into the distance, like driving a new car off the lot, you know. Fade exactly. It's yeah. really like that. I mean, it's not like that in Dynasty Leagues no. at all. It's just the redraft, the, 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 the lack of kind of a big picture outlook that I think a lot of redraft owners have is it really does open up uh, buying opportunities every year. Like, remember Bregman? He's kind of the obvious right. case of that. Trout as well, of course. Uh, yeah, you got to. You can't put too much stock into a small sample, uh, but when a guy struggles in that first exposure, we just naturally kind of have a tendency to um, push him down in our eyes, on our rankings. But, uh, yeah, I think Fraley will be an interesting case. Also with the Mariners, they brought up Justin Dunn. I know Justice Sheffield's been pitching pretty well. Do you think Justin Dunn gets a shot in the rotation, or is he bullpen only down the stretch? Well, they said that it's basically going to be him and Tommy Malone piggybacking every fifth day, but I don't know who will be the starter and who will be the reliever in that duo. So, you know, for fantasy purposes, obviously I think you'd want Dunn to be the second guy in so that he could qualify for a win. But, you know, following Tommy Malone, you might be coming in at a bit of a deficit, so... Uh, I don't. I don't think there's going to be a ton of fantasy value to extract there based on the role they're using him in, and and he's not even a guy that I'm that high on for dynasty leagues. I think he's uh, probably most likely a, a number four starter, but he's close to the big leagues. He's he's missed a decent amount of bats in the minors, but I think there's deception in the delivery. He's got a you know, he throws four pitches, so that you know that'll help. And he's he has improved his strike throwing ability this year, so. Maybe he could be a number three, but uh, I'm just I don't see a ton of fantasy upside there for Dunn, and it's it's still nice to get a look at him though in September. Nice. Well, before we move on, a real quick note from our primary sponsor, Yahoo DFS. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter. And a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. How was your week one in uh, fantasy pigskin, by the way? Oh, man, I, I got exposed as a as a casual player. Oh, no. I think I went one and two. Uh, <laughs> I, I one and one myself. I did uh, I did use Lamar Jackson and Sammy Watkins in one FanDuel lineup, though. What? How about that? You bring home some some. I, I turned uh, I turned $5 into $15. How about that? Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> Times X3? That's pretty solid. Um, moving on, though, moving back to baseball. We talked about Justin Dunn. I'd imagine you'd much rather have Jesus Lazardo, the Jesus Lizard, finally getting the call. Uh, bullpen, but you like him a lot more than Dunn, I think, right? Oh, yeah. And I, I know that they've said he's going to work as a reliever, but I actually don't think that's going to last very long. Uh, they were... <laughs> pretty complimentary of the rotation but like brett anderson's been really bad lately um i 
I think that they'll be able to find starts for him down the stretch. I, I know he's supposed to debut today, I think, out of the bullpen, but uh, it's it's kind of scary. Uh, you know, we've seen the runs that have been scored in this series so far. I mean, that Astros offense obviously is is pretty uh, intimidating, but I I still think Lazardo has a chance to to be pretty impressive in his big league debut. And this is a team with very legitimate playoff hopes and i think that he could be their best or their second best or third best starter so I'd, i don't see why they would keep him in a bullpen role over the rest of the season uh considering he's a guy that i think could really help them as a starter in the postseason yeah that's interesting because it looked like you know first he had the shoulder then what was an oblique like in early august or late july looked like that may wipe him out for the whole season but lazardo now up, and yeah, you mentioned some of the others in that rotation. I would think he would step in just given how well he fared at AAA down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to start Mike Fires in a playoff series. You're not going to start uh, Brett Anderson. You're not going to start Homer Bailey, ideally. Uh, so I I just think that it it's fine to kind of break him in in that relief role, but don't shy away from going out and grabbing him uh, just because he's going to debut in the bullpen. I mean, he's fully stretched out right now. They didn't bring him up until he got fully stretched out as a starter at AAA, so I would expect him to uh, at least finish the season, the regular season in the rotation. Nice. Yeah, the final start for Las Vegas, August 30th. 10 Ks over six innings, which I would imagine has to be a career high, because I know there was kind of talk about how he was not working deep into games in his minor league career, but yeah, looking at the wild card standings in the American League, Oakland in that second spot, but only a half game up on the Indians. It's going to be crazy. Do you think Lazardo could actually start a one game playoff? Like I, I, I don't know who it would be. I think him or Sean Manaya. Oh yeah, would probably be the the two guys that I'd want to see. Uh, you would, I would guess that the A's, you know, they're smart enough to to kind of go with a a semi bullpen game in that type of setting, but I could see Lizardo being the guy that uh, pitches three or four innings in that type of outing. I mean, he's got the best stuff in the rotation that's or in on the entire pitching staff, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know why he wouldn't be the guy that you would turn to. It's not like this A's team's going to go on a deep postseason run leaning on the like Tanner Roark and, and Homer Bailey. So um, yeah, I mean, I, and he's, the nice thing about the fact that they might get in allows them to continue to give him innings this year because he they're, they're trying to get him as many innings as they can so that he can uh, kind of build upon that in 2020. So I think that the, it makes sense for them to give him as many innings as, as he can handle. Yeah, another guy I imagine you'll be in on next year at a pretty cheap cost in redraft leagues, Jesus Lazardo, And yeah, with Manaya, Lazardo, and Puck, three really strong lefties there. Um, if they get past that one game, they, they could be real dangerous in the postseason. Yeah, and that's a that's a fun team. I mean, I, I like a lot of the players on that team. I, that's a team I think would be pretty easy to root for, uh, especially against some of the teams that we we see year in and year out. Yeah, you got those lefties and dominant righties like Roark and uh, Homer. <laughs> pretty pretty dope. A couple team. big pieces. Oh yeah, some big scooping big time. some some big names Studs. at the death. <laughs> I remember I was like. Thinking about Homer and the start against the uh, the Tigers a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't do it myself. But then he pitched a gem. I, hey, good for Homer! I, uh, I've been rolling a Roark out there for most of his starts lately, and uh, 
man, it might even be the the twelve team online championship league. I mean, he's just like such a classic A's guy to come in and just yeah. rattle off, you know, five wins and six starts, that type of thing. And if you can deploy him against a mediocre offense, I, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, he's been a lot better than say Trevor Bauer <laughs> since the deadline. Now, James, you you mentioned to me that there's some ridiculousness when it comes to some of these minor league awards that are being handed out right now. And you mentioned that Wander Franco was somehow absent. Well, How does that happen? Well, so like it just sort of depends what you're so that like you know, a lot of the big sites like baseball America, MLB.com, they'll have like a player of the year and then they'll do like first team, second team or whatever. And first of all, I I really believe Wander Franco should have won all of the player of the year awards. I know that his counting stats don't match you know a guy like Luis Robert or Gavin Lux but we're talking about a an 18 year old hitter who turned 18 in March who's a switch hitter who was just absolutely insane at low a and and continued that over at high a and is a shortstop and you know really I think you could argue he had a better year uh than the year when Vlad Jr. won player of the year from from most outlets and he just kind of wasn't really in the conversation because he only had nine home runs and you know guys like robert lux uh you know whoever else the counting stats obviously swing in their favor but i i really like to sort of look at context in this and i just think it it's odd that the everyone that agrees that he's the best prospect in baseball he had a monster year and yet he just doesn't get any of these honors. I just think it's really, really weird. I mean, a switch hitter to do that at 18 years old is just, it's its really insane. Yeah, age versus level should be considered there. Also, the enhanced environment at AAA, like, yeah. I imagine some, like, the Ty France has got a lot of... I, I was low. looking at MLB.com's, like, um, all-prospect team, and it's just its just a bunch of guys that put up crazy numbers in the PCL, and they're, they're guys who, a lot of those guys have been in the big leagues and struggled, and then gone back to the PCL and continued to put up monster numbers. I mean, if the point of the award is to kind of give these guys some recognition and their one time to shine when we know that they're probably not going to do much in their, their big league careers, then that, that would explain it. But you can't, you can't look at a guy's numbers in the PCL and be like, Oh, well, I guess he's better than like Wander Franco or he's better than uh, like Julio Rodriguez or, or someone that's doing it at a much more pitcher friendly environment at a age appropriate level. I mean, some of these guys are quad a guys. Like I, th- I saw like Jared Walsh get some love. Um, I mean, it, it's just like, what's even the point of these awards? Is it just to be like, all right, who is the best PCL hitter at every single position? It just seems kind of stupid to me. Yeah, the league average PCL line this year is just so silly. Like, the threshold to be well above average is really, really high. And yeah, that's, I mean, Ty France is already like a utility guy yeah. at the major league level. <laughs> he's, he's proven to be. Just a, a util guide, pretty much, and, until until he shows otherwise. And sure, his numbers were insane at AAA, and I know it's tempting to not look past that. But uh, and I mean, these are fairly meaningless awards. I mean, it's not like yeah, anyone's going to look back on it and be like, "Well, MLB.com named him the third baseman of the year in the minors." Like, it, it, like who cares? But. Uh, it just sort of seemed I, there were just a lot of names where I was just like, why? Why are we 
pumping this guy up when there were tons of other actual prospects in the the minors that had really good years. Yeah, and when you're doing it not at the AAA juiced level, that um, that means a lot in my eyes. By the way, we talked about France quickly. Luis Arias, I was really optimistic about him, but his struggles more so in the field than at the plate. But I'm surprised he hasn't been able to get really anything going. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was kind of heating up there for, I think it was like eight or ten games. He was playing pretty well. Uh, That's a guy that I'm absolutely going to be all over next year. Uh, The one thing I am a little worried about is, you know, I would have thought that this Padres team would have just kind of let him play through all these struggles, but they're, you know, Greg Garcia's playing, Ty France is playing. Uh, I guess there is some how many plate appearances can we count on from from Urias next year? And what if he gets off to a slow start again? Like, do, does he get yanked around? That would be my, my one concern. But if you told me that he was going to get 500 plate appearances next year, I would I would get him in pretty much every league because I just don't – I still don't really care. I mean, he he's – the strikeout rate's great. The walk rate's great. I just think – you know, I think it's a guy who's 22 years old breaking into the big leagues. I'm not super worried about it, uh, but there is some risk that the the Padres are clearly going to go into next year hoping to make the playoffs, and maybe they won't uh, give him the longest of leashes. Yeah, this was back on September 2nd, but Kevin Acey of the San Diego Union Tribune noted then that he'd had seven errors and 18 starts at short since Fernando Tatis hit the injured list. Now he should be at second next year, right? So... Probably you know less range required and not as uh, far of a throw to make, but that those struggles do make me a little bit concerned about the playing time for next year. Yeah, and it's you know sometimes you can take your struggles at the plate with you into the field, but very important to note that yes, he's not a shortstop. He's capable of filling in there in a pinch, but uh, he's a, a second baseman all the way. Now, the Tigers just announced that Matt Manning was named their their minor league pitcher of the year, but you were a little bit surprised that he wasn't getting more love on these lists as well. Well, like there guys like Joe Ryan in the, the Rays system are getting love, and it, again, it's just, are we only going to care about stats? Like, yeah. Like, it, it's, Matt Manning is a stud prospect who really just was on kind of cruise control all year at double a it's a it's a shame that he never got the bump up to triple a uh but i i mean to me he would have been my minor league pitcher of the year and and mackenzie gore is certainly deserving from a talent standpoint but you look at the innings that manning pitched versus the innings that gore pitched uh you know to me i i would have given matt manning just pitcher of the year in the entire minors uh he was healthy all year was dominant all year um I just don't know why he was kind of a, a second team guy for some outlets. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's it's just all about statistics, it seems, with these awards. Yeah, it's uh, that's why we're glad to have a guy like you, James, who can take everything and put it in its proper context. We appreciate it. You really can go down the wrong path when you're doing nothing but numbers scouting. So good to get deeper, look at the arsenal, look at the underlying skills for these players. I want to talk about some guys who finished strong this year and maybe still out there in, in Dynasty Leagues. But first, FantasyDraft.com would like to bring you an important message about Rake. 
Are you tired of paying high fees to play Daily Fantasy? Did you know that over time, these fees, called rake, can cost Daily Fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll? As Daily Fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More rake just means more money lining the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players. But change has arrived. Fantasy Draft has changed the game by bringing you rake-free Daily Fantasy that's right, you're now able to play your favorite contest without paying any rake. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contests rake-free on Fantasy Draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars in rake every month. Rake-free Daily Fantasy is truly a game-changer. Just imagine what playing on Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. Register at FantasyDraft.com today to take part in the rake-free revolution Use promo code RWNFL to receive a free seven-day trial. Now, James, some of these under-the-radar finishes, Dalton Jeffries sitting 95, and you like the entire repertoire he brings to the table. Yeah, I mean, I, the numbers aren't quite as insane as, as Chris Paddock's 2018 numbers were, but uh, you know, Jeff, this was Jeffries' first full year back from Tommy John, and he's got... The fact that he was up to 95 in that final outing is extremely encouraging for me. Uh, already has a plus changeup, and it's it's kind of similar stuff to, to Paddock, in my opinion. And the A's have they they said like we want this guy to be able to pitch deep into October next year, and so that sort of tells you like they 100% view this guy as as a pretty big part of their pitching staff in 2020. And yeah, he finished the year at Double A. I think he opens the year at Triple A. But the A's are such a great fantasy organization in the fact that as soon as a pitcher's ready, or as soon as they decide a guy might be ready, he's up in the big leagues. So I think Jeffrey spends uh, most of the uh, 2020 in the major league rotation, and I think he's a little overlooked. I was able to scoop him up in a couple dynasty leagues this past week. Uh, he should not be out there if if a hundred. 50 prospects are rostered in your league. Jeffries should not be available on waivers. He's got, you know, at least number three upside, maybe number two upside. And the proximity aspect of this is is just really exciting. So that's that's a guy who might still be out there in a lot of leagues and, and should not be. Did you get him an RDI? No, he was already rostered in RDI. I got him in uh, TDGX and uh, Devil's Rejects. Nice. I was going to say, damn, I, I was asleep at the wheel if I let you get him. Um, although I only have $0 ads at this point, so I probably wouldn't have got him anyway. Uh, James Caprillion, now not a new name to those who follow prospects. He's been kind of in the prospect conversation on the radar for a while, but he's been hurt a lot. You think he's looking pretty good uh, at this stage? Yeah. And for, first, just shout out to Melissa Locker to The Athletic. She had a really good piece a couple weeks ago about both of these guys. And, you know, I thought James Caprillion was kind of – I. I sort of left him for dead kind of because you know already 25 came into this year with under 30 pro innings under his belt uh, and just so many so much missed time with shoulder and elbow injuries and and you know we're not out of the woods yet I mean when a guy misses that much time I mean there's always a risk that it could pop back up and uh, so you have to be tread a little careful I've got Jeffries ranked quite a bit higher than Caprillion but uh you know, he's another guy who's going to be a, a big league factor for them next year. He made it to AAA. Jeffries did not. And, you know, he's got big time stuff. It's just all about durability with Caprillion. And he finished 
Uh, he was touching 96, uh, finished the year with a, a 126 ERA, 0.84 whip, and 29 to 5K to walk over his last 28 and two thirds innings. Uh, had a nice four inning start at AAA to close out the year. So uh, don't forget about Caprillion. I, you know, I think in RDI size leagues, someone should probably own him. Um, but he's not necessarily a, a must add if you if you've already got a pretty solid farm system. But someone to just keep an eye on because I think if if he can stay healthy, he'll be heard from in in redraft leagues next year. Nice and Clark Schmidt of the Yankees we talked about a little bit last week. Anything to add on Clark Schmidt? Uh, just you know, I've someone asked me about him on Twitter earlier this week. If if he's out there, you got to scoop him up. Uh, 19 and two-thirds scoreless innings in his last three starts at double-A. You know, all three of these pitchers, really strong finishes to the season. I think they factor in to the big league rotation next year. So I know people aren't always in a rush to go add pitching prospects, but these guys are close to the majors and have uh, pretty high ceilings. So I think just check if, if, if you're in kind of a normal league, First check if Schmidt's available, then check if Jeffries is available. If you're in a deeper league, go check if uh, Caprillion's available. Nice. Real quick, did you know Rotowire has a college football podcast? It's a rhetorical question. Uh, hosts Nick Whalen and John McKechnie will be posting episodes each Wednesday throughout the season with a focus on fantasy and betting. Just search for Rotowire College Football anywhere you already listen to podcasts. To Two of my favorite guys here at Rotowire, so I definitely recommend checking that out. James, some guys uh, who you expect to see some off-season hype uh, may be available. I don't recognize any of these names. What can you tell us about Luis Matos, Luis Frias, Adam Kloffenstein, and Ryan Jeffers? Yeah, so this is the time of year when you know some people have just completely checked out with football starting, and it's a great time of year to – go make some final ads on uh, minor leaguers that you know they're going to see their stock jump in a big way when off-season lists start coming out and that that applies to those three pitchers we talked about too like i think jeffries and, and schmidt especially are going to get a lot of love this offseason uh, and you can add them now and their value could double by the time march rolls around uh with matos uh he's a uh, really tools the outfielder in the Giants system. You know, we I've talked a lot about uh, some of the other uh, teenage hitters in that system, but he's a guy that you know the the power speed upside probably is is more than what you're going to get with like Jairo Pomeris. Uh, you know, Alexander Canario in that system's had a really good year, but you know Matos is going to run. I don't think Canario will. Uh, and he got a taste of the AZL to finish out the year. That's always a good sign when a team brings brings a guy from the DSL to the AZL uh, to finish out the year and doesn't just leave him in the Dominican Summer League all season. Uh, so I think he's a guy that, you know, I think he's he's a borderline top 100 guy for me right now. When, when I release the 2020 top 400 officially, I could see him sneaking into the top 100. Um, just definitely the type of guy that we want to add in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, Luis Frias, obviously, I think both Matos and Frias should be owned in, in most serious dynasty leagues, but in, in maybe in leagues where only you know, 100, 150 guys are owned, they might be out there. Frias is a, a big uh, power righty in the Diamondback system, and I think he's the type of guy that's just going to get extremely glowing uh, reports this offseason when like the Diamondbacks 
top prospect lists come out. Uh, I could see him just having a, a ton of helium when we get to February, March. Um, so just a, a good guy to grab, and then you you have an ascending asset all off season if you want to trade him or you want to just roll into to 2020 with him. Um, those are guys for kind of shallower leagues. I know a lot of our listeners play in leagues where they're long gone. Uh, but for those leagues, I think uh, you could look at a guy like Adam Kloffenstein and the Blue Jays organization. Um, you know, power righty. I think he's got a chance to develop three plus pitches. I think the Blue Jays are are really pretty solid when it comes to developing uh, prospects. It's not an ideal division to be in, obviously, but you know, I think he's got number two starter upside and and he's a guy that i was able to add in some leagues uh, this past week as well and then ryan jeffers who is a catcher but his bat might just be so good that uh, the twins find ways to play him in the outfield maybe at first base Uh, he's just been breaking his entire pro career and it hasn't stopped he got up to double a this year and the fact that he's a catcher and he ascended this quickly I think he's going to get a ton of love on off-season lists. So uh, I know I'm not a big fan of rostering catchers. He's out there in some of my leagues. I haven't tried to add him uh, for that very reason. But if you're in a deeper league, I think he's especially a two-catcher league. I think Ryan Jeffers and the twin systems definitely got to go add before the season ends. Very nice. I was able to pick up Anthony K in uh, RDI. AK's in his debut. Um, you know, not a super high on your prospect list, 228, but – uh, I was surprised he was still still hanging around. Yeah, well, he's in the majors, so like that's you know a check in his favor. Uh, I don't think he's good enough to have consistent success, especially in that division. Uh, you know, he was better. You know, on paper, his his results were better after that trade, but I would have still preferred him to be in the Met system in the National League and. You know, he walked a ton of guys at, at AAA after that trade, and I don't know if, you know, maybe there's a, a few above-average pitches. I don't know if any of them are plus. It's nice that he's a lefty, but I think there's just going to be some blow-up outings, you know, every other time out, every third time out, to the point where it's just not super interesting to me. I'd I'd rather have one of these super high upside guys that are a little further away, but I also get the argument that he's in the majors. Maybe he put some stuff together. I mean, I wouldn't have been high on Aaron Savali before he debuted and he, he's had a nice little run. So, uh, never a bad thing to just kind of throw a dart and just sort of see how he does over the rest of the season. Yeah. I've been hit hard on the starting pitching side. And so I needed just somebody, some volume, a guy who's higher, who's back in the rotation, one fifty two, Jose Urquidy. Glad to see him. Uh, at least we're getting one more start. And then they were talking about innings limit, him pushing up against that and maybe getting shut down. Yeah, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. I added him in the Champs League, not starting him this week. But, um, you know, that's that's another guy where we'll see what the Astros do this offseason in terms of what their rotation looks like heading into spring training. But I could see myself having a decent amount of shares of him as well in redraft leagues just because I do uh, – I think he's much better than just his overall big league line is going to show. There were, there were some good starts in there. There were some blow-up starts. But – uh, typically rostering an Astros starting pitcher is going to pay off uh, just with the amount of wins you're going to be able to, to get there. And, and I, I buy into her kitty's uh, breakout year. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think this is just kind of a, a flash in the pan for him. 
Yeah, the underlying number is pretty good, about a full run gap between the actual ERA and the estimators. 16.2% K minus walk, and really the K rates, or I'm sorry, the walk rates being so low. Yeah, I, I really like that. Just not hurting himself, not shooting himself in the foot. I think that's going to be nice for next year, probably dirt cheap. Uh, one last guy I want to just mention, because we uh, haven't talked a ton about him this year. He's been out for a large portion of the season, but I saw you picked him up. Sean Murphy of the Oakland A's. Top 10 catching prospects in baseball? Yeah, for sure. Uh, two bombs last night on my bench in, in TGFBI. Yeah, two last night. How about that? Jeez. <laughs> that hurts, man. But he's, yeah, I mean, obviously the power has sort of been the attraction with him these past couple of years and the, and the fact that he's, you know, he might be the best defensive catching prospect in the minors, so you don't have to worry about playing time with him. Uh, the power's been there. This year he's been hitting for a high average, although some of that we can obviously attribute to AAA. And he missed a ton of time with uh, just some really unfortunate knee injuries. So durability might be an issue there, especially at that position. But, yeah, heading into next year, I'll I'll happily uh, – take him you know if i wait on catcher he could be my first catcher he could you know i'd be very happy if he was my second catcher but i definitely think he's going to have uh, even 12 team value in in redraft leagues next year yeah a lot of found money on the catching side this year which is weird obviously given how bad the position has been i still i just don't know how to treat that for next year we don't know how the ball is going to play I, i'd imagine it stays juiced and a lot of these guys continue to have a lot of offensive success, but a guy like Sean Murphy, who has the the pedigree, the skills, I may, you know, bump him up, pay a little bit of a tax just to get the the skills, because some of these guys who have broken out of the position may just be flashes in the pan. Yeah, do you think that that you know, so is, does that mean we're going to see more catchers go in the top one hundred, or does it just mean we're going to see? a ton of catchers kind of go in that 100 to 200 range. I think probably the latter. I mean, maybe I think that's probably where like guys like Garver will fall. Some of the other breakouts. Uh, I could see Garver getting pushed up into the top 100. Really? Like 30 homers. I know. (laughs) It's like got 82 games too or something. It's wild, man. I, that's going to be, it's going to be hard to gauge the macro and we just don't know next year. But I think, I think it'll probably be another year before they sit down and maybe change the ball again. But we'll see. I mean, who? Good luck getting inside the the geniuses in that uh, MLB. <laughs> MLB in those MLB yeah. offices. I mean, Roberto Perez has twenty two homers. Garver with thirty, as we mentioned. Christian Vasquez nineteen. My guy Omar Narvaez nineteen. Carson Kelly. Man, what a run he's had. And really, he's been, what, by F4, about as valuable as Goldie. So not a bad trade. You love you love it when you can get a guy like Kelly who or Murphy who not only is there some offensive juice there, but you feel a little bit better about the playing time just because of what they bring on the defensive side of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, really interested to sort of see where the ADP shakes out on where you have to take certain guys because – you know, again, I don't. I don't think you want to be pushing catchers too far up your board. No, and there's just so much talent available in those first hundred twenty picks or so. Uh, but you also don't want to necessarily get shut out because there there is still kind of a 
a class of the position where you don't want to be stuck kind of using has-beens and everything. Yeah. Will, Will Smith, another guy. Yeah, right? Will Smith. It's crazy. I mean, Kurt Suzuki even has been good. And, yeah, I'm going to be hesitant too. I mean, I wouldn't take Garver top 100, but I think you're probably right that somebody may. I think, I think that Will Smith could get some top 100 love too. Yeah. I'll probably just see what happens. I'll probably be, you know, I've, I've gone like two $1 catchers in recent years. So I may invest a little bit more in the position next year, but I'm still uh, skeptical about the position as a whole. Well, great stuff, James. We know the minor league seasons have wrapped up, so we might have shorter episodes in future weeks, but I'm uh, looking forward to talking with you two more times before the end of the season. Um, we will talk now about our latest entries into the top commercial hip-hop jams. And when I when I picked uh, TransDF Express, I said that I wasn't going to use this one because it's too grimy, too, too hard for the radio, uh, quite <laughs> honestly. But it did get a lot of radio play. And that's Backbones, Five Deuce, Four Trey. Great video. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, I remember seeing this a lot. This is my well, I heard Backbone and in Trans the F Express, but then he had this album come out, and Five Deuce, Four Trey got a lot of play in the Link household. Um, I still don't know what it means. Maybe just like a craps bit. I don't really know. It's, uh, yeah, you're playing playing dice. Playing dice. Okay. Playing dice. I still don't know what it means, but the beat's off the hook. Love that song. And I, I couldn't really think of a better one this week. I had some you know, time crunch, and I just figured I'd go back to this one because it's deserving of a spot on the list. Yeah, we're both kind of going uh, sort of grimy, sort of borderline, does this count uh, type of tracks. But both of our picks have music videos that were played, so I think that, that that's going to count in my book. And uh, mine is... Uh, Beanie Seagulls, Beanie, and then in parentheses, Mac. Uh, and then there's <laughs> yes. a, a curse word. Chick. I don't want to make you have to go in and, and edit it out. No, but, um, right. you know, people should be able to find that one. That's a good song, man. You know I'm a Mac guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i a, I'm a Beanie guy as well. And, you know, there were a couple other options, I guess, that you could count as commercial successes on his side. But that one's my favorite. I mean, that one's... Uh, really good beat, really really gets me hyped up. So I think that that one actually kind of pairs nicely with your one this week. Yeah, I remember really liking Beanie's first album, then that single drop for his second, and I was I was pumped. Very a uh, pretty commercial beat, but I do love that beat. Uh, was that a Kanye one? Was that an early that was, Kanye? Uh, Just Blaze. Just Blaze. Okay. Well, that's a good entry. A couple good ones this week. We appreciate it. We appreciate you all for listening to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.